Mind the Head with Paul Flaherty, a show that takes a look at the different aspects of mental health and well-being. Sunday mornings on Lockray Community Radio. Hello and you're very welcome along to Mind the Head here on Lockray Community Radio, a weekly mental health and well-being show. Each week I'm joined by a different guest, some that are experts in their field and sometimes by a guest that has overcome adversity and achieved personal challenges. My name is Paul Flaherty. And on this episode, which is episode number 10 in the series, I'm very pleased to welcome along to the show Evelyn Doyle, a fully qualified and experienced psychotherapist. Hello, Evelyn. You're very welcome along to the show. Hello, Paul, and thank you very much for having me here today. You're welcome. Evelyn, I ask every guest that comes on the show a question, and that question is, Evelyn, how's the head? The head is good today. Good. Yeah, a bit anxious about being on this show today, (laughs) but yeah, I'm I'm pretty good. Thank you, Paul. You're in safe hands with me, Evelyn. Don't (laughs) worry. We'll get through this together. You'll be fine. So like I said in the introduction, Evelyn, you are a fully qualified and experienced psychotherapist. But before I ask you kind of some about that, can you kind of tell us a little bit about your own kind of personal background and how you got into psychotherapy? Um, Yeah, of course. Um, Well, I'm I'm local to Lockray. I was um, born in Kilrickle, which is only out the road. And... um, I suppose I got into psychotherapy in later life, in my 40s, but the kind of the backstory to that was when I was when I was young, when I was 11, my four year old brother was um, very tragically knocked down by a car and he died. And I saw the impact that had on our family as um, we all dealt with it in different ways and none of them healthy ways. Um, there was no help offered at the time and particularly to children there was absolutely no help at all for children at the time and I saw my my dad which was well known that he he went into a very deep depression at the time and never really recovered and throughout the years there was only ever medication offered but never any talk therapy as we call Mm. it and I felt that if there had been something at the time for us our family would have been able to cope better Mm -hmm. So I suppose roll on then, you know, I married, got married, had children, everything else. And then in 2011, my own marriage broke down. And then in 2012, both my parents passed away within six months of each other. Mm-hmm. So that was a really stressful mm-hmm. and hard time for me. And my mum had died. She had dementia. So at the time, I was having a lot of anxiety and depression myself because I had so much to cope with. Mm-hmm. So I had went into therapy myself for and I was in therapy for two years at the time and I realized when I went into therapy and I started going to my own therapy that it was stuff from my childhood that was still there that was kind of being triggered by the the newer events Mm. so that the childhood trauma I experienced from my brother's death was still part of me and it just got escalated when new life stressors Mm -hmm. came in and that got me really interested in in the psychotherapeutic therapeutic journey and how it can help people heal from traumas from way back or stuff that's gone on for them for years. And the opportunity came then that um, I saw this course advertised on a Wednesday evening for um, an introduction course to counselling and psychotherapy mm-hmm. and... Um, I decided to sign up for that and I did that for a year and I just really fell in love with it and without hesitation I went straight on to do their degree program mm-hmm. and I went on and, and I'm qualified now and I um, 
I suppose for somebody in their 40s going back to education and I hadn't looked at anything for well over long, about mm. 25 years, it was really difficult. But um, I just fell in love with academia mm. again and um, really enjoyed it. And, you know, thankfully, I did really well, mm. actually, in the end of it all. And um, and then in 2018, I set up my own practice and called it Serenity Psychotherapy. Mm-hmm. And... Um, it's been going really well ever since. Congratulations. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. How did that feel setting up your own practice? Um I kind of just ploughed into it. Yeah. Um I suppose I had been experienced I have experience in in kind of um accounts. I I also work in accounts and that's what I've done for years and I've had experience in business. Mm-hmm. And so I I and when I was married, there was a business, so I, mm-hmm. I knew a bit about business, if you mm-hmm. know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. So it wasn't as daunting, maybe, as for other people, yeah. but um, it just all fell into place. Yeah. I just kept plugging away at yeah. it, and um, it, it just fell into place for me, thankfully. Good. Mm. So we'll talk about some of the services that you kind of offer. Yeah. Um, you know, treatment for anxiety, mm-hmm. um, grief and loss, um, yeah. self-esteem, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Self-esteem is a big one, you know, yeah. it's it's... it's an awful lot of people come in to me with low self-esteem mm. and they have anxiety. You know, anxiety kind of goes hand in hand with low self-esteem a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. And we work through that and it's it's so rewarding to see somebody, you know, to increase their self-confidence. It's so rewarding. Yeah. Yeah. And then you've also kind of done some um, suicide prevention training as well. Yeah, I did the CAMS Care Program, which is a specific, uh, it's an American program, and it is, it's a 12-week program that's uh, specifically (laughs) um, geared towards suicide prevention, and um, it's an excellent program, and, you know, thankfully, you know, I haven't had to use it, you Mm know, um, as of yet. But I'm really happy to have the training that, you know, it's there for somebody that might need it. Mm-hmm. And hopefully with that training that someday I will be able to save somebody's life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So now we're kind of going to touch into some of the different types of anxieties. Yeah. Um, you know, because people who suffer from anxiety kind of have, as you say, two things in common, you know. Yeah, so so the people who suffer from anxieties have two people and co- two things in common. They overestimate the danger and they underestimate their own ability to cope with it. And so anxiety really is is a mind and body reaction to stressful, dangerous or unfamiliar situations. It's kind of a feeling of an unease or a worry or a fear. And like we all ha- we all have mm. a- we all get anxious at times. We actually need it, you know. Mm. I don't know if people realise we actually yes. need anxious. You know, it's it's built into our DNA because we if we weren't if we didn't get anxiety, we wouldn't be able to know when to pause. Mm. And that's what it is. It's a kind of a pause button and say, well, if you're crossing a busy street, yes, you know, if you weren't nervous about it or yes. fearful, then you would just go plough across the road yeah. and, you know. And what about, Evelyn, you know, with, say, for example, times you're going, for example, doing your driving test. I mean, you're really kind of, you know, yeah. anxious and worried and nervous about that, but not because of, it's more so about kind of failing the test. That's what you're worried about. Do you well, know? absolutely. And, you know, anything that we really want to get, yeah. there's a there's a sense of anxiety yeah. about it. It's similar to 
tests or going for an interview yeah. and the while it's not a very pleasant feeling it actually um gets the body motivated yes, and yeah. releases some cortisol into yes. the body and hypes up the body yeah. a bit to be more alert mm-hmm. so it actually serves us well in that instance you yeah. know um and of course it's not a very pleasant feeling we all know the butterfly feeling yes yeah. but it's it's there because there's the nervousness around wanting to do well yeah yeah, I get that every time before I turn the microphone on this show. I always <laughs> get those butterflies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, what are the different types of anxiety, Evelyn? So, like, there's there's several different types of anxiety, and kind of anxiety manifests itself in a number of different forms, and each one is characterized by a tic- particular type of fear. So, I suppose the most common one we know is kind of a general anxiety, uh, generalized anxiety and disorder, which we call GAD. And there, we all know them kind of people. Um, they excessively worry about everything. You know, no matter what it is, they worry about it. They worry about will it rain tomorrow? Mm-hmm. Will they worry about you know health? Have they enough money and work relationships? But these these fears are not very. Um, valid in that the normally the worry is way more out of proportion to actually the real danger and um, and that's very common you know lots of us have that all the time and is there any kind of way to sort of I don't know maybe override that you know absolutely and maybe you know if we go through the other health anxieties yeah. and then we maybe we can I can go through you know how we can overcome some yeah. of these the the um the ways of helping yeah. with anxiety in the okay. finish. Um, so the one that's really common at the moment, and I've noticed it a lot in my practice, is health anxiety. And people with health anxiety, are they're preoccupied with serious illness. So if they get even a mild pain mm. or, you know, notice something, they're run to the GP mm. thinking, you know, it's something a lot more mm. sinister than it is. Or they go to Dr. Google and... Mm. Dr. Google <laughs> tells them all sorts mm. of things, you know, that... Guilty here, Evelyn, sorry, yeah. <laughs> and freaks them out. Yeah. And, um, but they never get feel reassured, you know, mm. even if they go to the GP and they do the test, they they never kind of feel that, you know, they think the GP must be wrong and they might go for a, a further mm. consultation. And the moment what actually is so prevalent is that um, since the start of COVID and... In particularly, I, I worked with students all year in uh, in Galway, and uh, so many of them were not worried about getting COVID themselves. But mm-hmm. Their real fear was that if they got it and passed it on to somebody vulnerable, and that person. Well, to be died. honest, Evan, that was my own fear. My yeah. own fear throughout the whole pandemic was not yeah. of actually me catching it, but passing it on to my parents. That was yeah. my biggest biggest worry. Yeah, and that has been it's been a massive mm. fear and. I'd say half the clients have come in to me lately mm. have had that fear of health anxiety and passing it on to vulnerable people and mm. the guilt mm. they would feel yeah. around that. Yeah. You know, and um, that's been huge. Mm. So an- another, I suppose, another form of anxiety would be what a lot of us would understand as, you know, ob- obsessive compulsive disorder, OCD. And... Um, Maybe people don't even realise that that mm. is a form of anxiety and it's just a way of of controlling the anxiety. And so when a person has OCD, they have thoughts and images that are intrusive and 
they may feel they, they feel compelled to carry out actions to relieve that anxiety. So that's the compulsion. So the compulsion could be hand washing, cleaning the house. Um, I wish I had that one. <laughs> um, checking doors are locked, or you know, all of these kind of things that people do. Can I ask you kind of about the OCD? So, yeah. for example, you're given kind of the the washing of hands and the checking of doors are locked. Somebody is checking that the door is locked. Is it because they have a fear that they may leave the door open, or is it something else? Well, it's it's they they don't trust themselves. Yeah. Really. Okay. They don't trust themselves. You know, in in that they th- they know they have done it, but they they cannot think rationally. So the anxiety yeah. is taken over, and they're not. They're not rationally thinking about, yes, of course I've locked that door, that yeah. door is fine. Yeah. So there's always this inbuilt fear in them. Yeah. Okay. And it's that's it's stemming from that that makes them repeat the patterns over and over again. Okay. The fear of the washing the hands to make sure the hands are clean yeah. in case there's germs. Yeah. Cleaning is similar yeah. to prevent germs. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So another one that's actually very prevalent with, uh, particularly with younger people, is uh, social anxiety or social anxiety or social phobia. And people with social anxiety, they're afraid that other people will think badly of them. So so they kind of take steps to prevent this from happening. And a lot of cases, they'll avoid social events altogether. Um, you know, friends might ask them out for the night mm. and they'll make up an excuse and so because people with social anxiety, they're very concerned about um, the visible signs that they, others might see, such as blushing or saying the wrong thing. Mm. Or they also fear a lot about being judged about their appearance, mm. um, particularly girls. Um, I find girls in a certain age group, they're really conscious mm. about how they look, makeup, hair, you know, clothes, the whole works. And... Also, it's still very prevalent is race, you know, people mm. being um, feared they're going to be judged mm. for their race. And working with the students was a real eye opener because there was a lot of um, social anxiety around their sexuality. Mm. And, you know, if they weren't the stereotypical mm. wanting to be the normal male, female or, mm-hmm. um, you know, but if there was other things going on for them, you know, with the gender issues as well mm. was another one. Um, and that was huge for for particularly the younger the younger generation. And so that's that's something that's very common as well at the moment. And um, and people with social anxiety as well, they have um, again, it's I mean, obviously it can, it can happen at any age or um but dating is another huge thing for them because, you know, they re it's when you're dating or going on a first date, you're really putting yourself out mm. there. And um, so some people with social anxiety would actually avoid that altogether. Mm. And it means they end up being a bit isolated and mm. lonely because they can't put themselves out there. So and another, um, I suppose, something that hopefully not many listeners will have experienced, but um, one of the more severe forms of anxiety is panic attack or panic disorder. And so people who suffer from panic um, experience sudden feelings of terror or doom. And sometimes it feels like it's just come out of the blue, out of nowhere, they'd say, you know, I just got a panic attack and I don't know where it came from. 
but and uh, panic attacks are really short lived. You know, they, they generally only last a couple of minutes, but they can be re-triggered and last for longer periods of times unless they're kind of, you know, worked through. And for anyone that doesn't really know what a panic attack is, the the symptoms are racing heart, sweating, shortness of breath, nausea, and some people feel like they want to escape from their own body. So they feel like almost they're trapped in this body that they're trying to escape from, like almost like they're they're running away from themselves and they can't. And it's, it can be a really, really terrifying experience for, for anybody. Can I ask you about kind of panic attacks? Mm. Is that something that's happened because something has happened to you in the past or you're being remembered about something that happened to you or yeah. what kind of, what would bring on a panic attack? So a panic attack would be really from, would happen for somebody that would already be in an anxious state. Yeah. And it, it generally would be triggered by something, but not, not, it would be triggered by something, but not, you mightn't actually be on the moment. You yeah. Know. As you said, it might come out of nowhere. Yeah. But when you would work it back, the, the person that's having the panic attack might think it came out of nowhere. Yeah. So where I would do the work is I would go back and look at patterns as to when it happened before mm. and figure out maybe the root cause of it could be from way back. Mm. Um, yeah, and unless you work through that, they can keep reoccurring. Okay. Now, there's ways of working through panic attacks as okay. well. That's another side of it, you know, okay. when you do get the attack. But to prevent it in the first place is is really working on the anxiety that the, the anxiety levels that were there to start with before the panic came on. Okay. And and I suppose another uh, the other uh, um, anxiety things are maybe specific phobias and I mean we know these people that's afraid of flying or you know afraid of animals. Spiders is a, is a big one. I know my own house is, there's a lot of the people with afraid of spiders and. Uh, and and they know that their fears are irrational, are out of proportion, but they can't help, you know, they can't help that fear. So are the, the you know, the object or whatever it is. It could be small spaces. So yeah. psychotherapy can help with that as okay. well. Okay, interesting. Yeah. yeah, it's very interesting. Yeah. And you could help with, say, for example, you mentioned like a fear of flying. So if somebody had a fear of flying, they could kind of come to you and you could kind of help them. Well, we'd work through, work it, through yeah. it, yeah. Now, I mean, also, there's lots of other therapies as well, you know, hypnotherapy, I suppose, yeah. is really good for yeah. that. So, you know, and having said that, you know, if I can help somebody with something, I will. But yeah. if I feel that it's beyond my capabilities yeah. or somebody else in the hub can help with it better, yeah. then I would refer them on. Okay. I, you know, I would never try and solve somebody's issue if I felt I wasn't okay. I wasn't the right person for them. Have you ever yeah. come across a phobia that you kind of haven't been able to sort of help somebody with? No, not... That's a curveball now, sorry, yeah. Evelyn. <laughs> no, no, um, no, no, I haven't, okay. no. Uh, no, so okay. far. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. okay, no problem. All right. So... We were talking about kind of anxiety and stuff and kind of, so basically what could trigger anxiety? So, so I suppose if a person is already in an anxious state and we just talked about that and panic disorders. So if you have a like a level of anxiety anyway going on, so a, a kind of a life, some a, an event like a life stressor, you know, could trigger it into an anxiety disorder. And I suppose the top ones of that is is the death of a loved one, you know, that's going to could spiral somebody into a complete flurry of anxiety. Mm -hmm. 
divorce and separation as well. I mean, that's probably just to me, it's it's up there with the, the level of a death of a loved one because there is so much going on with divorce and separation. Mm. And I suppose in my own life, I've seen that as well. And I've had, I suppose, if the, the first two are be my experience. Because it is like mm-hmm. when a relationship breaks down, it is like losing yeah. something as well. It's a loss. Yeah, yeah it's, a loss. it's a loss. And there's so much attached to that loss. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not just the loss of the person. You have a loss of identity mm-hmm. as a couple. Mm-hmm. You know, there's you lose friends because you've had common friends mm-hmm. and then suddenly they don't know which side to take. So you kind of lose them. So there's so much more than just the loss mm-hmm. of the person. And yeah, so that's a huge one, mm-hmm. I think. And that really can trigger, you know, anxiety disorder. Getting married is another one, you know, um, it might sound all romantic in the beginning, but, you know, when you when you go through the logical things that has to be done and picking numbers and, you know, guests and trying to balance things out, mm. that can throw up stressors and people can get into a flurry of anxiety around it. So, <laughs> John, I never thought of that, Evelyn, to be honest. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not married myself, yeah. so I never actually thought about that. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's very interesting. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, there's always the fear, well, if I forget such a one or if mm. I ask such a, So there's, there's all sorts of stuff going on with, with you know, weddings. And mm. um, and that's all in the background. People don't even realize. No, that's it. Yeah, yeah, I didn't even think of that. Yeah. yeah. Um, pregnancy is another one. And, you know, I suppose maybe a years back, I suppose, we knew very little about, you know, what was going on in the pregnancy. Mm. You know, there was, in my day, there was like a scan every about two or three scans and that was it. But now we're we're very tuned in and we we read a lot more. So there's all of us the worry about what could this go wrong and and you know, there's miscarriages and so the fear of miscarriages mm. and so that's that's a major mm. life stressor and can and people can be get very anxious around mm-hmm. that time. And another one I suppose is 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 the not so nice one at all. It's the um so abuse or conflict in the family home and I think during COVID that's been very prevalent as well mm-hmm. you know particularly when we're all locked up together and it can cause anxiety mm-hmm. you know for a person if they feel they, they're not in control of um, the situation mm-hmm. and yeah and, and the loss of a job is also mm-hmm. huge you know and it's you know that brings with it so many implications you lose your identity mm-hmm. your money um and that's a real stressor. Mm. Retirement is another one. Um, haven't experienced re- that yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just on the retirement yeah. one, Evelyn, do you think, you know, everyone says, oh, I can't wait till I retire. You know, it's yeah. going to be brilliant. But, you know, when you get to the period of when you actually are retiring, you know, mm. if you feel as though you're able to keep going, but then you've been told, oh, look, you're X age now, you got to retire. Is that kind of what you mean by that can, can bring up when you've been forced to retire? Is what I'm trying to get at, yeah, basically. I think there. so, yeah. yeah. And I mean, you'll also see the similar with milestone birthdays, particularly, yeah. you know, when as you're getting older. Well, I know I yeah. turned 40 last year and yeah, I can you're totally <laughs> relate to that. Totally. Yeah. yeah. So milestone birthdays kind of bring around the same stressors as yeah. retirement because you feel, oh, and, and the reason why when we do when we get older is because we're getting nearer to our death than we are to yeah. our birth. Yeah. And we start getting very morbid about yes. things. Yes. So it brings stressors and what's left of my life and what can, 
And there's these kind of expectations that you put on yourself that you have to achieve all these things. Yeah. And then when you haven't achieved them, you're kind of like, well, what have I done? But yeah, you've done loads of good things in your life, but you don't see those. All you see is what you haven't done. Exactly. And I can very much relate to that, to be honest. I can very, very much relate to that. Yeah. So that's, so we put pressure on ourselves on that, you know, and instead of enjoying the milestone birthday, a lot of times it's... Well, I enjoyed it. Don't worry, I did enjoy it. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, um, yeah. So anyway, retirement is not something we worry about right now. No, no, <laughs> Me and no. you. But for others, it is an issue. And mm. uh, and I suppose another one, and, uh, you know, thankfully, something I've not experienced is serious illness or injury. Mm-hmm. And of course, anyone that's had that could relate to the fact mm. that, you know, it can um, cause major anxiety, mm-hmm. you know, for not just for them, but for the family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, in moving on now, Evelyn, um, we're kind of talking about anxiety and kind of what keeps yeah. what keeps that going. So, what keeps it going is 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 the way we we look at it really. So, most of us, when we get anxiety or get anxious about something, we tend to distract ourselves from it, and we that's what we do. We and and that works really well in the short term. It you know, you distract yourself with something, do something else mm. and I won't worry about it. But it doesn't really work in the long term because all you're doing really is kicking the can down the road. Mm-hmm. And what we do in the short term, what we might do is we use what we call safety behaviours to cope. So we could get medications, um, you know, Valium, Xanax, all these medications and they're really good and they're very useful for people short term. Um, narcotics we can take to to drugs to mm-hmm. you know to mask the anxiety. Alcohol is used a lot to to kind of push down the thoughts, the mm. intrusive thoughts. Um, mobile phone, you know, being on your phone constantly, you know, looking at face social media, which mm-hmm. actually has almost the reverse of mm. you look through social media to get rid of the anxiety, and and then you see stuff. Like people put up happy stuff on social media, they don't put up the sad stuff. So exactly. then you feel like, yeah. you know, you're missing out. But you're just looking at the the version that they want you to absolutely, see. You know, absolutely, yeah. and yeah. that's a whole other show in itself, Evelyn. To is be honest, show yeah. In itself. yeah. So, um, and these are the things. Which, while we do them, and they help us short term, long term, they don't help us mm. at all. So, so that's what keeps the, the what we call the vicious anxiety circle going, is that. We we short term do something, but then we stop that and then it happens again. And so the thing about it is, while it might work today, what would happen if that tool you had, that safety behaviour mm. isn't available to you? So what if it was that, OK, you used, we'll say, your mobile phone to distract mm-hmm. you and someday something happened, your mobile phone broke and you mm-hmm. didn't have that. You didn't have that to help you get, get through the day. Mm. What would you do? So you'd you'd be, have the feeling of anxiousness mm. and you'd be trying to push it away and push it away. And it actually what happens is it has a reverse effect. So it intensifies it rather than, than minimises mm-hmm. it. And that's just where we get an anxiety disorder and that's where we can go into panic attack mm. mode. So it's much better to deal with it and to deal with the real cause of the anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, over the long term then try and do the quick fix mm-hmm. because the quick fix doesn't really work mm-hmm. yeah so 
So how can we break the cycle of anxiety? So I suppose the good news is that you can. Yeah, good. <laughs> and in my field of work in psychotherapy, we do, there's lots of tools and techniques we use to help people. And because um, I work integratively, so it means I would use, you know, different models of mm-hmm. um, of psychotherapy and different whatever I feel might be the, the best way of helping the particular person. And also as well, I would look at the, try and look at the root cause of it. And a lot of the time that stems from childhood. And mm-hmm. that's why we we go back to people's childhood to see where, where it originated mm-hmm. from. And once you start looking at the root causes of it and people start to understand where it's all coming from, it actually can, it helps immediately that when they can see where it's coming from. Is it like kind of being in a forest and you're kind of, the trees are all around you, but then you can kind of start to see the clearing coming? Yeah. 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 Very like that. Okay. Yeah. So before you saw the clearing, you didn't see any other way out. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. yeah. So that's, I mean, that's the work of a psychotherapist is to help yeah. with, with all of the kind of issues and, and many more. Yeah. Is there anything else that can help? So... Um, exercise certainly helps mm-hmm. and um, for anxiety in particular walking mm. um, sometimes um, strenuous exercises are not very good because we're mimicking we're, we're pumping up the, the body again which is is not really what we want to do so mm-hmm. walking or yoga calming exercises more mm. than um, you know kind of a big gym workout mm-hmm. mindfulness and meditations are really good um, not everyone is happy doing them or find some useful um, they find them hard to get into if you can get into them they're really good healthy diet and good sleep pattern of course you know if we sleep well then we're, we're generally mm-hmm. less anxious and one that's actually very good is journaling and journaling is really just getting a jotter and writing down anything that's in your mm-hmm. head and that's very good before you go to bed at night particularly if you're somebody that gets anxious at night going to bed and um you know, the thoughts are open. What I, what I like to describe it as, it's tabs on a computer mm. and you have about 10 of them opened and all these thoughts are swirling around. So when you write it down, it um, it seems to work that once you put it onto paper, it's almost like you can close the tabs in your head mm. and it helps you relax more. So that's a really good one to help people. So you'd mm. say anything that was going through your mind that you were worried about, yeah. just to write it down before you go yeah. to sleep. And it doesn't have to be in any particular format. It can be, you know, scribble it down, whatever way it was. Some people will even draw pictures or an image. And it just really helps calm down the mind. And, yeah. And, of course, using the breath is really good. And by slowing down our breathing and taking conscious deep breaths, it actually sends signals back to the brain to calm calm everything down. Mm. And that's very, very helpful. Yeah. And another one I like to use with clients, and it's a simple um, exercise. It's a Japanese five-minute hand exercise called Yin Shitsu. Yin Shitsu. Yin yin Shin Jitsu. (laughs) Yin Shin Jitsu. Yin Shin Jitsu. Okay. Yin Shin Jitsu. Tongue twisted. I know. Yeah. So, and that one is something I I only came across... uh, about a year ago and um, so it's an ancient stress relief technique um, which uses acupuncture points on our palms and thumbs and fingers 
And it's just a simple technique to help heal worries, fears, anger, sadness and helps us with our self-esteem. So if you like, I can do a little demonstration of it. Yeah, for, um, yeah. Would that help? It would. Yeah, we can mm. give that a go. Certainly. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I'll just try and explain it the best I can. Okay. So if you hold up your non-dominant hand, so the hand you don't write with normally, okay. if you hold that up mm-hmm. and then you you wrap your your dominant hand, you wrap your your fingers and thumb around the thumb of the non-dominant okay. hand. Okay. So, so you're you're encuffing the the thumb. And do you go tight or do you? So yeah, so kind of so kind of tight. And yeah. so so what happens is it kind of triggers pressure points. So for the thumb, it actually the the particular one is for worries. So the thumb helps us with worries, and the idea is that you would do this on each finger for the thumb and each finger for one minute mm-hmm. so hold the fingers around it for one minute and you can close your eyes while you're doing this to relax mm-hmm. into yeah. it and it's it's meant to be for a minute until you kind of feel the thumb pulsating a bit yeah now we won't do it for the minute here because okay. we won't have time so once we've kind of done the thumb for a minute we move on to our index finger okay and we wrap our fingers around that and this one helps with fears. And we just hold that for a few moments to help us to alleviate the fears we have. Then we move on to our middle finger. And the middle finger helps us with anger. It helps us to slow down our body and to disperse the anger a little bit that we might be feeling about life events. Now our our ring finger, we can move on to the ring finger if it's okay. That helps us cope with sadness. And we just hold the ring finger again for a minute. And then lastly, we move on to our pinky, our little finger. And that helps us with nervousness and also helps us to boost our self-esteem. So the pressure point in the little finger does that for us, boosts our self-esteem. And again, we hold that for a minute in the real world. Mm -hmm. So when we're finished doing that, and that takes five minutes, we put our thumb from our dominant hand and we press it on the palm of our non-dominant hand and press it I suppose quite hard onto our palm and this helps to bring about happiness to make us feel a little bit more happy in in ourselves and that's the exercise and that's something that I do a lot with clients and it's something that you can do anywhere at any time no matter where you are you can if at desk at work you can do it under the desk and it doesn't have to be the full minute on each finger it can be just maybe 10 seconds in each one if we have an exams or mm. job interviews or anything you can just do and that. would you go through all five fingers or would say for example if you were nervous about something would you just do the pinky finger well you could yeah yeah you could you could just do the one finger and um yeah or you know 
worries, you know, the thumb is the yeah. worries one. Yeah. Um, if you can remember which one is which, uh, yeah. of course. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it is, so you could just do the one finger, particularly if you were angry, maybe just yeah. do the, the middle finger. As opposed that. to kind of lashing out or saying something that yeah. you may regret just to kind of, you know, do the exercise Absolutely. on your finger, your middle finger and just sort of and that calms, take a breath. and Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. And that calms down the body and then maybe you can tackle whatever is angering yeah. you and maybe do it in a more healthy way yeah. rather than lash out at somebody, as you yeah. said. Yeah. Okay. Evelyn, thank you so much for that. Um, but we are coming to the end of the show and very unfortunate to say. Um, okay. But before I leave with the, us today, before I leave you today, Evelyn, I'm going to ask you one last question. That is kind of, what do you enjoy about your job? Oh, so much. Um, I really enjoy, you know, working with clients and just watching them transform and heal. And I mean, I, to be part of that journey is, is, very, uh, is very special and, you know, when you have a client that comes to the end of therapy and they're thanking you for for the work you've mm-hmm. done to help them and to see them leave, you know, feeling they're a totally different person. It's so rewarding. There's nothing like it. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Evelyn, thank you so much for coming in You're welcome, to see me Paul, today. Thank you. Um, do you want to give a quick mention to your website? Yeah, so my website is... Um, www.serenitypsychotherapy.ie and I'm based in the health hub here in Lockray and it's a beautiful facility for anyone that doesn't know it. There's lots of other therapies going on there as well. And yeah, and you can get me to the Facebook page on the health hub or on my website. Lovely. Thank lovely. you. Lovely. Thank you, Evelyn. Thank you so much. That's it for today's show. To get in touch with the show, you can drop us an email, mindtheheadlcr at gmail.com or follow the show on Twitter at mindtheheadlcr. You can also listen back to all previous shows in the Mixcloud app. Just search Mind the Head. Thank you very much for listening along today. And until next time, take care and mind the head. Mind the Head with Paul Flaherty, a show that takes a look at the different aspects of mental health and well-being. Sunday mornings on Lockray Community Radio.